Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, this is Celine hosting from Ontario for Canada's podcast. My guest today is Stone Yu, who is the CEO of Lucalus Bakery. He is a second generation owner of a 30 year old business operating in the GTA and now has plans to expand. Welcome Stone. It's really nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I love the fact that you are the CEO of a 30 year old business. That's pretty awesome. So tell me a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur and a little bit about the history of Lucas Bakery, because it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So Lucas Bakery is a, is a, my family business and we specialize in Asian style breads and desserts. And um, so we've been operating for 30 years now in the GTA. We're very well known in the GTA and me myself, uh, my first memory of being in the kitchen would be around 11 years old. That's when I uh, started learning how to make the egg tarts, which is one of the very popular items that we sell. And so slowly and slowly, um, it was, it was, I always liked being in the kitchen and it was always exciting how you can make something with your hands and then bake it and then, and then it's delicious, but then you serve it to customers and then they enjoy it. So that always kind of fascinated me, um, the enjoyment of how uh, friends would react to eating my food and how customers would come back, that kind of thing. And so from a very young age, I would spend a lot of time in um, our kitchen with uh, um, a lot of our chefs that were very willing to teach me. And so after school, or on weekends, I would um, spend a little time every every day just trying to learn something new, um, possibly improving on the recipe. And then slowly and slowly, um, once I kind of got a better hold of how to make bread and what bread is, and it's always evolving. It's like it's it's like you can't learn enough of it because there's so many small details that can go into it and changes. What, what you make. Um, later on, uh, probably when I was in university or closer to my 20, 20 years old, um, I started getting more into the business side of it. So how to uh, manage staff, how, what a store should look like, you know, how it should be managed and uh, those kinds of things. And then um, after university, I worked, started working full time at the bakery and um, slowly up till now, um, we're at a point we are ready to expand uh, beyond the three stores that we already have. And uh, we are planning to be opening two more stores this year, as well as a new franchise business for our company. That's awesome. It sounds like, um, first of all, a lot of change in a kind of a crazy year. So congratulations, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, but it sounds like you really have big plans for what you want to do with this business. Yeah, we. I feel like I'm actually just getting started. So it's we have a lot of history. And um, I feel like right now at this point, there are so many ways where the business can go. And um, sometimes it can be a lot of pressure because it is a pretty big ship to steer. And um, <laughs> but... I, I learned from my parents, you know, you have to treat your customers well, you know, 
and make things and be honest, right? You can make, you can make, sometimes I come up with new products and they don't work. Sometimes they do, right? And you have to be very honest about whether it's good or not. You know, how is the service? How is the store kept? And be very detail oriented towards those things. And um, so right now, I mean, the, we're opening two more stores this year. Hopefully next year we'll be, we're targeting at opening three more. Um, we recently purchased a, a new factory. So a new production facility for all the new franchise stores. And um, yeah, so we're just getting started. It's really exciting. That I, I mean, I love that. And, and kudos to your parents for starting and establishing such a successful business. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful to have parents that have taught me to have self-confidence and self-esteem and, uh, but at the same time, be very critical of yourself and the kind of, uh, products that you come up with. Um, it's, it's very rare nowadays to have millennials take over their family business. So it's becoming less and less, especially in the food industry, right? Um, you're going to see in the next 10 years, a lot fewer mom and pop shops. So 30 years back when my parents first opened the bakery, there was a lot of Asian bakeries like us, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of um, just, yeah, exactly what you expect. People coming from Hong Kong and they have those skills and um, they and then what they choose is to open a bakery. But nowadays, I mean, the number is probably less than half, especially the old ones. And so it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting topic because it kind of shows how a business needs to innovate throughout the years, right? So I'm very, like, I'm very grateful that my parents, they realized this 10 years back, right, or even earlier, and started slowly making like, investments into the business that allows it to be, allows it, allows it to give it a transition a little more easy. Um, so I think that's really the issue with the um, restaurant industry, with uh, many small mom and pop shops, that the kids are not passionate, first of all, not passionate about the business. And second of all, um, there isn't really a vision for the future of those, of the smaller shops. And, and we're small too, but it, it's, uh, it's tough to uh, motivate a lot of kids. I have some friends who have um, family businesses and they decide to like not take it over, right? Just because it's too much work. It's a lot of stress, especially in the kitchen. You know, it's hot. It's, it's, uh, it's grimy, you know things like that. <laughs> so um, we're lucky to have um, these investments that my parents made where now that we're at a point where we can expand. Yeah. So there's two things that I want to touch on inside of what you said. And the first one is, I think you're, I think you're right. I think in every community, the likelihood of children taking over family businesses, whatever they mm -hmm. are, has diminished significantly. And I think that Part of it is that we have way more choice and a different type of education that we can pursue, which then gives us more choice. And, and when that happens and 
we glorify this idea of pursue your passion. Yeah. Um, which means like I'm just gonna, yeah. you know, if my, I mean, I don't do what my parents do, right? Like my parents both had their own businesses and, and not that it, not physical location businesses, much more knowledge based. So it would have been harder for me to, but I could have said, Oh, I want to do the similar thing to my parents and pursued that track and taken over clients. And, and I certainly didn't. Um, because I was interested in different things. And I think the more that we glorify that, the less we're going to see family businesses lasting multi-generations. And so I think it is a really, which is not to say this isn't your passion, but which, but I think there's a balance of this is a wonderful legacy that your parents have created that mm -hmm. you are passionate enough about to take over and continue to build and grow. And I think that is a really phenomenal thing. And I love that you said that your parents started investing in the business and were willing to innovate. And I'd love to hear a little bit from your perspective, what that looked like, because I think we don't always talk, especially 10 years ago. Plus, right. I think now when we talk about innovation, we focus on the technology of it. This is the, it's a tech and we're going to create an app. We're mm -hmm. going to do it fine. But your parents found a way to innovate and stay relevant 10 plus years ago. That was probably not relying on technology. So I'd mm -hmm. love to hear a little bit about what that was like and what you've learned from their experience in that. So um, I would say, so the way bakeries usually operate, all right, is that the owners would be working 14 or 15 hours a day in the kitchen, right? Or either on the counter, something like that. And that's how it was 30 years ago when they first started. Sure. Right. But then I think recently I've been kind of realizing that hard work is hard work, right? But is that hard work an investment into your business that will pay dividends in the future, right? So, I mean, you can be slaving away in the kitchen for 12 hours a day and that's hard work, right? That's tough work. But you can also be, you can take yourself away from that and do work that will pay dividends in the future that will build a stronger foundation for your business. Mm. Right. So that's, it's like, is it, are you investing in your, in your business with hard work or are you just simply doing labor? Right. And I feel like a lot of, um, especially um, in the Asian community, if they own a restaurant, they're just simply doing hard labor, right. Graph just grafting. Right. And you have to go through that in the beginning, but then once you get to a certain point, you have to think about um, branding, marketing, right? Packaging, establishing different managers, right? Um, 10 years ago, we rented our first factory, right? That produces um, all the raw um, components of the bread, right? So while keeping the same quality, mm. right? Because we pride ourselves in baking on site. So customers are always getting fresh bread throughout the day, right? But the raw parts, the fermentation, the parts that take a long time and, the, and a lot of area, um, that can be done at a production facility, right? And then having people there to operate it properly. And when we first rented it, it was a big expense, right? It was, you're renting a factory, it's going to be upwards of 100000 a year, right? So then a lot of people didn't understand, like, why do you need to do it? Just just do it um, like you were doing it before. Right. And the point is you cannot scale up if you keep on doing it the way it was before. Right. Yeah. And 
I think also that my parents always uh, encouraged me to learn more about bread. Like I was very interested in it, right? Um, and to kind of follow the chefs, learn what the chefs are doing at all time, even to the smallest detail, right? Because um, I don't know if you make bread, but like everything can affect it. Temperature, uh, time, the weather, right? Um, so these small details really interested me, right? I, could, I was able to make things a little bit better, a little bit at a time. Um, so at the same time, I'm learning all this knowledge. And what that does is it prevents what happens to a lot of uh, food places is the chef taking you hostage, mm. right? Taking the owner hostage. And that happens a lot. We're at meeting that you have to, you have to kind of give in to their demands, right? They don't want to work so much. They don't want to do this. They don't want to make that product. And so we make a system where the work is split out between different groups of people. So if you're the beginning process of mixing the dough, that's allocated to some people and then shaping of the dough and then baking of the dough, right? And then we kind of try to systemize it a little bit. So it's easier to follow. It's easier to teach someone new um, if, if there's ever a change with chefs. But we're very lucky because we have a group of very good um, chefs and bakery chefs are very loyal and they get, they make really high quality products. Um, and so I think I, I, yeah, so that, yeah, like that. I think it's, it's a, your parents took a big risk in renting that, that production facility and stepping out of the normal quote, normal, the expected, let's say way of doing things at that point in time. And it obviously worked and they obviously made it work. Yeah. Um, so it's like a step-by-step. Step. So we rented that factory. We know how a factory should operate, right? And now last year we, were, we had the chance to buy our own factory. And so now we're building it out, right? It's 20,000 square feet now. We're building it out to 40,000 square feet. And we have a lot of new equipment that takes out a lot of the laborious work from it. So, I mean, you could imagine that each batch of dough that we make is about 300 pounds, right? And usually they, the chef would have to take the dough out, you know, and put it into a divider, right? So machinery that can do that automatically doesn't affect the quality, might even make it better, but it takes off a lot of the hard, um, laborious work from it. Mm. And so, or even like mach little machines that can help the chefs shape the dough, right? And uh, just better equipment. So um, with those kind of things, it becomes a little more easier to teach someone that's um, new. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes makes tons of sense. So as, as you stepped into this role of CEO, um, presumably it's your first role of CEO. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so as you stepped into your first role of CEO and role of CEO uh, at your family's company, what has that looked like for you? And what has been surprising to you? And what has been um, 
you know, good or bad? And what has been some of the, what have been some of the lessons you've learned inside of that? So I, I'm excited. So I feel very excited about it. Right. Um, I get very excited about opening a new store, about designing it the way I want to, mm. or even designing the factory the way I want to, you know, and have everything have kind of like be more involved in it. Right. So, and get really into the details of um, from designing it to the uh, building of the store, to the way it looks and then to hiring people. Um, all that stuff is very exciting for me. And then it makes it worth it when customers come back, you know, they have your product, they like it. And that's, that's really what my goal is. Right. And not only that, it's, I feel responsible to take care of the business that my family built and a responsibility towards the staff that have been so loyal. We have about 50 staff with us right now. And most of them have been with us for over 10 years. Some, even from the beginning, a couple. So, and then also responsibility to the customer, right? We are part of, when we open a bakery, our bakery is part of the community that we're in, right? People come for their bread, right? And so you, it, it almost feels bad if you were to let them down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you, I'm gonna ask this question, not that this is a point, but I'm curious, is your family still involved or as you've taken over as CEO, have they stepped back maybe into retirement at this point? Uh, nope, not quite. <laughs> because there's still a lot of back end stuff. Okay. For example, accounting <laughs> and, uh, those kinds of, those kinds of things. And, uh, but then we also, when, whenever there's a big decision, there's always, so we're going to have a discussion about it. Right. And, uh, I'm still learning. So there's a lot of things I, I I'm, I'm exploring and I'm learning and things I might get right or might get wrong. And um, so, yeah, my family is still very involved. So it really is a, a multi-generational endeavor at this point. Yeah. And you'll see my grandma at one at our store here in Richmond Hill. And she goes to work every day at 5 a.m. Wow. And she does her thing and she opens the store and she makes sure that people are, you know, baking the things properly and people aren't late for work wow the old generation is a different kind of (laughs) people yes i mean i think that's definitely true that's impressive that she's still doing that so you know even more generational than i was expecting i think that's a wonderful thing so beyond the two additional locations this year and hopefully three next year. What do you think the, the future of Lucas Bakery looks like in five years? I, I would expect to have um, 25 to 30 stores. Um, when does it, and then maybe we would open in the States, right? I love, I love the, there's, the States has a big market opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to open in Texas or in New York yeah, or San Francisco. Um, so I, there's so many opportunities. We, it's hard to say, right? But my focus right now is to continue to build on the foundation, right? So we have this new factory that we're renovating. And to make sure that we don't grow 
too quickly, right? That's not, the point is not to be as big as possible. The point is to be as good of a business as possible. Yeah. Right. So, cause I know some, some restaurants or some, some, uh, franchise chains, they want to open 10 or 20 stores as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. And then sell it. Yeah. Right. But for me, it's different because it's, for me, it's a long-term game, right? I'm 26. When I'm 60, I want to have a really solid business. And um, it's just one step at a time. So open stores that we are confident in, right? We know it's going to succeed. We don't want to just open stores because it's, because you're a franchisee and uh, there's opportunity. So let's go for it, right? Um, Yeah, slowly. So I want to ask this question um, because this past year has been very hard uh, on the restaurant industry in general, especially, but like really, especially here in Ontario and in the GTA, it's been brutal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it sounds like you have not just survived, but really thrived in this past year. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about what, why you think you were able to thrive um in the past year and if there's you know any observations you have about that because it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's a little bit heartbreaking it's been heartbreaking for a lot of restaurant owners yeah. and a lot of bakery owners and a lot of smaller businesses and and you have and congratulations by the way on thriving in the past year um i think it partly it could be the kind of tr- customer trust that we've built up throughout all these years, right? And so if your food is good, right, um, your chances of surviving are gonna be a lot better, right? And we're very grateful, we're very lucky that our business is an everyday food, right? I mean, so people eat our bread almost every day, right? And coffee and uh, milk tea. And so, but I know that some of the bakeries have closed down just because it's been too difficult. And um, even, I mean, last year, we, we had to face a hurdle too, right? People didn't want to come to work. So in a production facility, there was about five or six people at the same time that just, they'd rather take the government check, right? Stay home. And um, well, there's nothing you can do about it, right? As a business owner. So at that time, it was really tough. I, I had to take on six jobs <laughs> myself. I bet. So that was about 16 hours a day for a month straight. And you know what? I, I never complained about it. And uh, it was really tough, but I really liked it. Like I, I felt like it was a great experience for me, right? Because I, at that point, I had never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> let's be honest we don't work this generation does not work as hard as the last as as our parents right we're a lot it's different right so i felt like that was great I, so then at that point i realized everything i was learning since i was 12 years old up until now was for this purpose mm. right because we have a we have about 100 different products we have doughs we have tarts and things you have to make and I was able to take it over, right? It took me more time, 
but I was able to completely fill in those six positions and then train new people um, to do what I needed them to do. And at that point, before then, I never really felt that the business rested on my shoulders. Right. Right. Because before then, you know, we have managers, we have accountants, we have chefs, right? And they do everything. And so, which makes our lives um, as business owners a lot easier, right? But when no one wants to come to work, it's either you make the dough properly, you make this properly, or you have nothing to sell, right? That, That really, that was also exciting. That was inspiring for me. And um, I never complained. I, I really liked it. That's fantastic. And so uh, COVID, yes, it's, it was a, there's a lot of problems that we had, that different challenges, right? But it was also a very good learning opportunity for us. And, um, and then it also gave us a confidence, right? It was, it was actually encouraging that even through this time, we have these loyal customers, right that still coming in every day or every other day getting what they need and um because most i mean for our stores our staff knows almost about 80 percent of people that walk in there was a lot of people that walk in especially on the weekends um so it was kind of i felt like it was our duty to keep going right and to make and to be even better Right, come up with new products, tweak recipes here and there, make sure things are more consistent. And so this COVID, it's it's a there are good and bad parts to it. Yeah. Well, I, and I think you phrased that really well, which is it was a challenge and there were still lessons inside of it. So, you know, you faced the challenge, you made your way through, and you've reaped the rewards of those lessons. That's a very positive thing. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's also incurred, and also there was the opportunity is that um, finding locations, right? It's, it was very, very hard finding the right locations at the right time, right? So yeah. at Young and Finch, our upcoming location, uh, that's opening in two weeks, um, it was almost impossible to find any good spots there before COVID, right? And then also with the Toronto Premium Outlets, right? And um, not only that, you know, the um, industrial space in the GTA is very, very tough to find locations. So during this time, we were able to secure a location and uh, expand. It's amazing. Because of COVID. Yeah. It's a a really um, inspiring story. Um, And, you know, it really exemplifies the importance of um, having a strong brand and taking care of your customers and caring and the investment that you stone have had in the business and getting to know it from the ground up. And it's not about you having to do all of the things, but when something happens and you have at least a starting point to know how to do the things, then you can get yourself unstuck for the next yeah. point in time. That's, so, that's what I meant by the chefs taking you hostage or your staff taking you hostage, yeah. right? There, if, if ever that happens, again, there is no negotiation. 
right? There's no, you can't make outrageous demands to yeah. the owner. And that's, um, that's actually very important. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, where can the folks who are listening or watching this, where can they find you online? What uh, we have uh, Lucas on Instagram. Yep. And also Facebook and uh, our website is lucasbakery.com. So all of these will be linked in the show notes, uh, sure. obviously, and people can find you there. And Stone, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners and viewers, thanks for listening to Canada's podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada.